0: You can't see value here today. You're not up here shopping. You're up here shoplifting. Bacon. Did you say £10? That's a bargain. I'll take one. Eddie. You too. Join me in my office.
1: Fat man. Oi! Soap. Four friends. That's my twenty-five grand. With a money-making scheme. you sure you can afford twenty-five. I can afford it as long as I see it again. That's quick. You play a cast tonight, son? With Harry. Easy. I'll have you silly, Dad. And very expensive. I'll see you. For half a 1000000 Hello and welcome to episode 178, I think, of Pop Culturally Deprived, where each week we watch a movie I've never seen before, which is still most of them, and talk about the good, the bad, and the jam rolls. This week we're going to be talking about Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels on your It's Been Emotional podcast. Coming up British week, month.
0: Hello, my favourite septic tank. What's going on with you, me old mucker? All right.
1: I think Matthew likes this movie.
0: This is all I can speak I like after cl- this effing movie about this flipping <laughs> bunch of muppets, innit? it?
1: All right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I had no idea what I was getting into when I sat down to watch this movie.
0: Jam rolls, assholes. That was, okay. that was the thing. Yeah. Uh, so when Danny John-Jules is telling him the whole thing about Rory Breaker. Rory knows Claret is imminent, but he doesn't want to miss the end of the game. So calm as a coma, picks up a fire extinguisher, walks straight past the jam rolls who are ready for action and plonks it outside the entrance. He then orders an Aristotle of the most ping-pong tiddly in the nuclear sub and switches back to his footer.
1: Oh, I don't even remember that. I think at that point I was just like... God, I,
0: blimey, no. the look on your Chevy Chase, love.
1: i do remember that all right jam rolls
0: it's really hard to do it without the f words though that's the problem (laughs) because it does have a certain sort of concatenation going on almost
1: it does you know joining words as twer i will say it was very lyrical
0: yes yeah
1: the dialogue was lyrical with all of its cussing
0: cockney rhyming slang is poetry if it, mm. The words that are used And and there's there's bits that I have picked up over the years That litter my language every so often But mostly in a mm. sort of comedic way Like, oh, come on, you're having a bubble Bubble bath Laugh <laughs> I haven't got a Scooby <laughs> Scooby-Doo
1: Clue <laughs> Wow It
0: is it is so, like, one step away from what you might expect it to be But it is I haven't got a Scooby Is a great phrase you're having a bubble is also wonderful. You can also say you're mm-hmm. having a giraffe if you would like to.
1: Oh, because of ba- giraffe bath.
0: The no, giraffe laugh.
1: Giraffe laugh. It's it's, oh, okay. it's more Got
0: direct it. than normal, but you know.
1: Got it. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Joseph had seen this movie before, okay. and he to- he told me he said because <laughs> I watch things with subtitles on, mm-hmm. and he said. I watched this a long time ago, and I really had no idea what was going on. <laughs>
0: Couldn't understand
1: any of it, and we were like five minutes in, and he's like, just sitting here watching it. Since you have the cheaters on, that's what he called them. He said, "I understand more about this movie now than I've ever understood." <laughs> I was like, okay.
0: Yeah, this is why we wanted to have the conversation last week. Like, are you
1: going to have subtitles
0: on? Because it might help. Like, it doesn't. It, oh yeah, it doesn't necessarily explain what the Cockney rhyming slang is, but. They talk really fast. They use these expressions that are so mm. colloquial.
1: I mean, I got the gist of all of it. Mm. Like, yeah. Clearly, I didn't pick up on the nuances since I didn't pick up on this jam rolls thing, <laughs> right? Like the the nuance wasn't there, but the the meaning mm-hmm. was there. Yeah, in expression, tone of voice. Yeah, you get it from the situation. General, mm-hmm. what's happening on the screen? So that was all there, but. Matthew, this is the most ridiculous movie I've ever seen. Isn't it? Ever. Isn't it? I I don't know what I sat through and watched.
0: I, I'm not sure. You know, we've been talking British movies and we've been doing you know, deep period pieces mm-hmm. about people not saying anything. The, the, what was the line from the the review of remains of the day you know american viewers won't enjoy someone who takes 20 years not to say how he feels
1: not to say something yeah
0: yeah proper british stiff upper lip stuff we've done sort of dead british comedies and and what if we took a you know genre horror and set it in britain and so on Mm -hmm. i don't think there's an american equivalent to this i think every so often there are american crime capers logan lucky maybe But I think they become heist movies. And this isn't a heist movie. This is a caper. This is lots of different things going on.
1: This movie is ridiculous. That's all I can say is it's ridiculous. There are are so many things going on. It's so circular and so full of coincidence. Like, even if it wasn't a ridiculous fictional movie, like, there it... It's so unrealistic, even for fiction. <laughs> for all of these things to just happen and line up, and then... Like, he stole the money and thought he stole it... For, like, he, Big Chris thought he was getting the money from Eddie, but it was really from the other guys that Eddie had stolen the money from. <laughs> and it still got him out of debt with Harry, but then Harry died anyway, so it's fine. Like, what? Yeah.
0: What? It's so good. It is. It is so tightly plotted the intricacies and and there is a point two-thirds of the way through where you can see you know all the things coming together what's going to happen you can't Mm -hmm. see how anyone's going to get out of it but i think particularly the bit once the main fights happened and the boys get back to their flat and they're like no money no weed it's all been replaced by a pile of corpses and it's just (laughs) you cannot see how this is going to turn out now and and no not at all But then it's like, oh yeah, there's the Liverpudlians to happen as well. And there's still Big Chris and that guy's still alive. and Big Chris headbutted him.
1: The two... I don't even know. It was like Gary and somebody, but they were Kenny and Kenny. The the gun thieves.
0: Oh, the Liverpudlians. Someone and Dean, I think it was.
1: Is it Gary and Dean then?
0: Gary and Dean. Gary and Dean. Dean.
1: We're going to go with Gary and Dean. That whole thread... Was probably the most ridiculous. <laughs> and then to have them be the one to kill Harry and still get a hatchet in the back.
0: <laughs> this film has so many Chekhov's what's-its. Chekhov's what's-its?
1: Oh um, <laughs> yeah, you know, does. if you've
0: got a man called Hatchet Harry and you don't have him using a hatchet throughout... At the end, someone needs to have a hatchet in their back. If you have mm-hmm. Big Chris, who's very protective of Little Chris, you need to put Little Chris in danger. Mm-hmm. Just all the way through, there's all these bits and pieces, and even they they reverse it where they go into the Samoan pub, the Samoan bar, and a guy walks out, runs out on fire, and it's just not even a thing. And then later in the film, you're like, "Oh, well, now you're going to explain that story to us." Yeah, yeah. yeah Amazing. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs>
1: And no, it's not. So
0: so this film comes on the back of it's it's a few years after, but things like Reservoir Dogs Pop Fiction. Cinema was obviously getting really deeply into these, you know, intricate plots, different things going on. At the same time as we've got Cool Britannia. There's a famous thing, Rule Britannia. Britannia rules the waves. It's a famous song. Cool Britannia was a nineties thing because the England football team was really good, we had Pulp and Blur and Oasis We had the Spice Girls You had the incoming Mm -hmm. Labour Government and everyone was excited about Change in the air of politics And Britain was just cool So you had cool Britannia And this sort of comes just about At the pinnacle of it, just before the decline As it starts becoming mocked And the Labour government, it turns out you know, Can't do as much as you would think They would be able to do, because there's a reason Politics is not so fast moving and, you know, it starts... The bands stop putting out the music everyone loves and start experimenting with the new things. The Spice Girls spit up. The world changes.
1: Right. right. And
0: this just about hits that high bit of, heck yeah, Britain's cool, and his cool, fast-talking, streetwise guys doing capers, being funny, things going down, lots of mistaken identity. I mean, it's almost Shakespearean at times, with the mistaken identities and the the you know messages going to the wrong people and people doing the wrong mm-hmm. thing. But again, in a very funny way. And then Sting turns up.
1: And you do have a reputation. So I'll choose my words very carefully. You tell Harry to go f*** himself.
0: And has a few lines. And then Vinnie Jones turns up and we will come to Vinnie Jones in a bit. Like, there's a lot going on here. Okay, so Vinnie Jones. This was Vinnie Jones's first film. He was Big Chris.
1: Oh, Big Chris. Yeah.
0: Vinnie Jones was a football man. And I say that jokingly. I'm an intellectual podcaster. I know nothing about sports. He was a footballer. He has an expression from his uh, autobiography that he took the violence out of the stands when England was famed for football hooliganism. England football teams were banned from playing in Europe because of the rampant hooliganism. He took it out of the stands and onto the pitch. He okay. he got a yellow card in three seconds in a match once, ran in, tackled the guy, got a yellow card because it was too heavy. There's shots of him grabbing players by the Gingang to intimidate them on the pitch. Like famous players as well, not even just like, you know, the new kids and stuff. Him like, you know, mm-hmm. Paul Gascoigne, you're not bigger than anyone else here. Taking a handful. Um he was banned for periods he was just renowned as hard man interesting yeah and so when he retired from football he got into films and this was his first film basically playing himself as an enforcer and that's and that's the reputation that he comes in with so when at the end you get vinny jones going at the guy with the car door like oh yeah no mm-hmm. that's that's vinny jones though
1: <laughs> okay hmm. all right the most interesting thing that I see on his filmography is he was in the television show Gallivant. Yeah. Which has been on my list to watch for a while. He's
0: been in loads. He was in like half a season of Arrow. Um, mm. He was in The Cape, which I've seen referenced recently. And I might have to dig out to watch the 10 episodes of The Cape to find out what The Cape was about. Um, He's in a number of films. He's in Gone in 60 Seconds. He's very good in that. I feel like he's not been in... A Fast and the Furious film, but he would not be out of place in a Fast and the Furious film. As would Jason Statham. So, someone else whose first film this is, this this is the making of Jason Statham, who was basically a street dealer and got a part in this film as a street dealer. And this is why this is the most perfect Jason Statham performance that exists.
1: All right. I was thinking (laughs) this is not the Jason Statham that I'm accustomed to. Because he's turned into this like big brooding stoic dude.
0: Yeah, a little bit mocking, a little bit funny and quippy. Yeah, no fast talking and but straight talking. It works Mm -hmm. so well on him. I, 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 like I said last week with um, not last week, week four with Anthony Hopkins in Remains of the Day. Mm -hmm. That's the perfect performance and perfect sort of role for him. This just suits Jason Statham so well. Not going out and knocking heads. Being kind of the heart.
1: Right. Mm. Interesting.
0: So I'm I'm struggling to figure out whether you liked it or not.
1: Oh, no, I hated it.
0: Okay, you didn't even enjoy it. No. And there's a difference between liking and enjoying. I guess I, en-
1: I enjoyed yelling, oh, my God, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen at the screen. I mean, I'm pretty sure my thoughts say redonkulous. <laughs> like, it was beyond ridiculous. It was redonkulous. Yeah. So no, I didn't super, like, I would never watch this again. Like, even the cinematography bothered me. Like, the yellow tent throughout the whole thing was just oh, irritating okay. to me. Because
0: there's this, yeah, you're absolutely right. It it looks slightly odd. But it has this mm-hmm. slightly overexposed, slightly sepia, dirty, grainy, cheap look mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. And it works so much. There's times when, like, you've got the the white guys talking particularly, and their faces are just shiny. Because mm-hmm. it it just has this weird overexposed thing, and I, and I think it helps it.
1: I mean, it's just it's not subtle. I mean, this no. is the seedy underbelly of this road and wherever they are,
0: <laughs> East London, somewhere
1: in England, East London, somewhere. Yeah, and it's just it's it's not subtle, and I think that's why it bothers me. Like I want my symbolism to be a little more subtle than that, okay. and not so in your face, right? Um. Like, we talked about in The Matrix, like, the first one, it was way overdone, and then in green the second thing. one yeah, yeah. got mm-hmm. way more subtle, and then I enjoyed it more. Mm. It's very similar to that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there were actually things that I liked in this movie, and oh. I mean, I liked listening to them talk, mm-hmm. even though I clearly didn't pick up on the nuances. <laughs> it was still entertaining, because it's just so different than anything I've heard, mm. and I've never heard Jason Statham with that accent, which apparently is his original Ooh. normal mm-hmm. accent. But like the most recent thing we watched was cellular and he had that weird pseudo of Transatlantic, accent. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I that was interesting watching him. Right. But I I was not entertained. Okay.
0: Cause I think uh and this is almost a reverse of what we've had sometimes where we watch things and you're like, Oh, that's that person from designing women. That person from, mm-hmm. what was the thing you, you mentioned earlier? California dreams. Yeah. These shows right. that have potentially never been on in the UK. And, and y- right. you say like, Oh yeah, my mum loved this show and I used to watch it mm-hmm. with her. And, and he was the cop in that, this kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause that's the other side of this film. Dexter Fletcher. So, the the chef, had already been on TV for years over here in a number of things particularly in a show called Press Gang um, where he was the American Spike
1: Do you always make
0: friends by questionnaire? I'm not making friends Yeah, I can believe that
1: Spike Thompson Of course, the American
0: well, an American. There is more than one of us, you know.
1: Staying long, or is this a flying visit? I've
0: been here four years. Really? You'll have learned the language Sue. Well, this may come as a surprise to you, but some Americans, they can speak English too. Then why don't you? Of course, okay. I have to watch all the American TV cop shows to keep up with my accent. Which is great until halfway through a conversation with somebody, when I usually end up frisking him. Okay. So he was playing an American, but he was, uh, you know, I'm just looking at his list here he was young Caravaggio in, in the Caravaggio film, so way before this. He was Gavroche in the 1978 Les Mis. He'd been acting for quite a while by this point, so he was actually quite familiar, so then seeing him doing this slightly dirty, you know, swearing, gambling type type of role was a bit weird. Vinnie Jones, as I've mentioned. You've got Danny John Jules just behind a bar. Um, and we've seen him in Red Dwarf, we saw him in Little Shop of Horrors and a few other things. Very much a musical actor, so that was quite interesting. You've got Sting running the bar. Now, my impression of Sting is kind of squeaky clean. I don't know. I obviously didn't grow up with his music, so I don't know, you know, or during the time when he was particularly publishing too much, but he always Mm -hmm. comes across as a slightly sort of sweater-wearing nice guy.
1: Oh, that's not my impression of Sting at all.
0: Yeah? Uh, Is it just that I, you know, didn't grow up in a mod house, so I don't know what he's like?
1: Well, I mean, I I didn't grow up listening to his music either, but I think I just have a general sense of what his kind of music is and then his name is sting and you put those two things together and it just seems like a seedy punk record
0: oh, okay well because i think of him as just like middle of the road you know vaguely reggae oh i could be completely wrong sort of like i never listened
1: them. to his music but
0: okay. i'm just saying
1: my impression of him is um, completely different
0: but he's rocking up and swearing you've got the two Liverpudlians, certainly one of whom was in a very long-running sitcom. Um, So, you know, turning up in a slightly comedic role, Mm -hmm. works, you know, a a sitcom about a family living on a street in in Liverpool, so that absolutely, it's just, there's all these people rocking up that you recognise from other things that sort of informs what you're expecting from them, whether it's like, oh, it's Sting, but he's swearing, well, that stands out, or whether it's the, oh, it's a comedic Liverpool guy, and he's doing comedy livable things which like i do like they go to the joke twice of him being like effing northern monkeys Mm -hmm. effing southern
1: fairies (laughs) (laughs) i think you have to be british to kind of get some of that humor
0: over and above that what i was hoping was certainly the point when the greek music starts in And you see all the groups getting ready. Mm -hmm. And you know that they're all coming together. They're going to go and rob him. They're getting ready to rob him. They're getting ready to go and rob him. And all these different pieces are starting to be set up. And you're like, this is heading towards quite a car crash in the end. Mm -hmm. I think I was hoping that at that point you'd be like, I do not know what's happening or what's going to happen. And it's really interesting to see how it's going to turn out.
1: No, I was, I don't. I, I don't know what I'm watching. This is ridiculous. That's, that's just where I was. Like, over and over, like, ridiculous was the word that came to mind. Oh, no. it, I'm sorry.
0: Because going back to it, like I say, I, I think it becomes a different film if it's American. We have crime capers over here. You, you've probably seen some people mentioning... Um, the the eating classics films things like the lavender hill mob and lady killers which are this you know people trying to pull something off but there's some stupid people in the group who let things down and things happen and mm-hmm. like i say it's not necessarily a heist it's not that sort of intricate planning and then we see it go off and then we see ha- what they have to deal with from it right because this has so many different moving pieces mm-hmm. both to come together in in the heist bit in the middle but then you know actually it goes wrong and this person happens this person dies The girl gets up from the (laughs) the sofa and starts firing the gun in (laughs) slow motion. You know,
1: stuff happens. Where the hell was she?
0: (laughs) Yeah. When she gets up from the sofa and you can't see her on the sofa, Mm -hmm. it's like something out of a horror movie. (laughs) Like the creature coming out of the thing you didn't know was there. (laughs) And then it ends with him hanging off the bridge, holding the guns and the phone in his mouth. Like as as any good crime caper should do, they don't necessarily get away with it or get away better from it.
1: Yeah, and I, it would not be good for them to keep those guns and try to get the money for the guns, right? Because those guns are the only thing that tie them to this pile of corpses, right?
0: Yeah. And and the guns were stolen. So if you rock up saying, "Hey, I've got these guns," they go, "Oh, well, we'll investigate the robbery then," and.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was
0: But at the same time, half a million pounds.
1: So what was with the running joke about Tom being fat? Banter. Really? Okay.
0: This is this is the downside of some of this. The other side of cool Britannia is lads mags, binge culture, lad culture and, and banter. Okay. Yeah, and the, and the fact that interacting with people is actually insulting them in funny ways.
1: Okay, okay.
0: It's it's the side of it that I don't like, as you would imagine. Um, so when you have that, you're like, okay. Okay, no, we got the joke. We were there. It's fine.
1: Okay. All right.
0: And that's, I think that's what that was. You did make a reference to Chill Winston.
1: I did. And I forgot Chill to Winston. look up where that's actually from.
0: <laughs> so that's a really deep cut. No, It's, it's a really meta reference. There was a show called the lenny henry show do you know lenny henry no you know dawn french no no okay lenny henry was a comedian black comedian okay. um and he had a show called the lenny henry show which was about uh sort of afro caribbean families living in britain in london okay and he had a young friend called winston and he winston would be slightly uptight and he'd go chill winston oh so that's where it caribbean comes from accent. originally that's where it comes from originally. Winston, the guy who plays him, is Rory Breaker. Okay. The guy with the afro who yeah, was watching yeah, yeah. the yeah. match, and yeah, yeah, that is the same actor who played Winston in both. So it's it's another one of those things. Like it's slightly oh, weird okay. to, to have a reference from a TV show about a character when we've got the actor for the character over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it was again. It was just one of those pop culture references that enter the vernacular
1: right, right.
0: you know yeah. as as this film itself did but sitcoms particularly at the time did a lot of that
1: yeah i mean i've heard it before i didn't know where it came from
0: oh okay yeah, yeah. um, That's what it's from.
1: but it just felt very weird to have this nerdy white dude saying it to another white dude and then going to a right. normal accent mm-hmm. so, i i really don't have anything much to say <laughs> about this movie i i kind of understand why you enjoy it so much and i think it is a, cu- a significant cultural difference between the two of mm-hmm. us like mm-hmm. this just has so much of british culture in it of, of what you grew up with of what was cool and popular <laughs> when you were growing up and it's just completely foreign to me
0: and and cockney rhyming slang yeah i mean had you experienced cockney rhyming slang before
1: Maybe, but not not noticeably. Not in a way that I can look back and say, I've heard somebody talk like that before. Okay. Like, I've heard the phrase Cockney rhyming slang.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Not sure where.
0: (laughs) Nice. So this film is followed up by a film called Snatch. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Two years later, three years later, something like that. Which is... Again, Guy Ritchie. Um, I'm I'm saying again, Guy Ritchie. I'm also clicking to look up just a double check. Yeah, Snatch 2000. Fine. Um, And stars Jason Statham and Vinnie Jones, amongst others. Don't go and look it up, but it is... Okay. (laughs) It is significantly higher budget, like... 12 plus times the budget Because oh, wow. this. This, this had a budget of less than a million Pounds million dollars million pounds Okay you know and it made A shed load of money Since whereas the next one is then ten million Dollars Actual actors actual plots a Little bit more nuance and depth to it Higher production values and so on I've always considered Snatch the stronger film and I think it Might be those production values Okay and, and and some of the nuance, there are things in this that are like, okay, yes, that is ridiculous might be the word for it. <laughs> um,
1: well, I know you went back and forth on which one we should do.
0: Yeah, exactly. I am blown away by how good this is. By how much it stands <laughs> up today. Okay. I, the thing that I was worried about, that I was going to watch this and go, wow, it's really homophobic. It's really racist. It's just stupid. It It's binge-lad culture at its very worst. It's some of the the stuff that I hated, which, you know, 18-year-old Matthew liked. Right. (laughs) Because he was an idiot who drank beer, (laughs) frankly. Um, (laughs) As opposed to, like, watching films now on a more critical level. But I think watching this now, I'm like, this is so intricately plotted. Okay. So well said. Exactly like you say, the point where basically everyone's dead from the first round of killings. Mm Mm-hmm. And shenanigans going on. Basically, everyone's dead, and they seem to have gotten away with it, and everyone's happy. And then the Liverpudlians rock up, and it gets even worse. Mm-hmm. But yet, the guys we kind of like get out of it again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how how they connected those dots to make that step. I don't think I would have been able to. Because you're right, it's ridiculous. It's just so stupid that they go in and they look the wrong way up the street, so they don't see the sign that says they're about to go and rob the guy, right? To get the guns. For the guy they're robbing. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so ridiculous. But at the same time, sometimes life is that ridiculous. Like, you can kind of buy it, and it it feels so grounded. This is clearly just, exactly like you say, one suburb area of East London, a few roads. They're all driving these old clapped-out cars, and just trying to rip each other off as much as possible. Yeah, Amazing.
1: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. Ooh.
0: I thoroughly enjoyed revisiting it because I'd forgotten what happened through half of it. I've seen Snatch a number of times. I can tell you what happens to Snatch. I think we might be covering Snatch. Okay. I think it would be really interesting to watch something where you go, oh, I recognize some of these people. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I actually recognize some of these
1: people. I mean, I recognize Jason Statham and Sting. Right. And... I really, really thought that the guy who played Plank was James McAvoy for a few minutes until they really showed his face, and then I realized James McAvoy is too young for this to have been him. But yeah,
0: he's way too young. Yeah,
1: um, but he, he kind of looks like him. And then the guy who played Eddie, Nick Moran, looks like Eddie Redmayne. But again, okay. from 1998, Eddie Redmayne was a child. So yeah, but they looked vaguely familiar to other British actors. <laughs>
0: So, and yeah, there is the other side of this, that what these people go on to do, the traffic warden was Rob Brydon, who you've probably seen in random stuff. Um, Nick Moran himself would be in the last two Harry Potter films, Mm -hmm. kidnapping Harry Potter. Um, You know, there's all these sorts of things going on here as well, like Vinnie Jones and Jason Statham, people rocking up for early films Mm -hmm. because it's cheap. They don't need to get much, but actually, you know, pulling on a good performance and doing good stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, you clearly really, really like this movie.
0: I'm amazed how much I liked it. I did not. Uh, okay, they, actually, before we move on to whatever point you were making, I'm going to talk over you and ask you another point, a really important point. Sure. Let's talk women in this film.
1: There weren't any, except for Gloria, who was unconscious the whole movie, except when she shot people.
0: Yeah, and and the woman running the poker game.
1: Ah, I forgot about her, Vera.
0: And the stripper.
1: Oh, she doesn't count.
0: <laughs> so, we had to have quite a conversation here about whether this was a 9 or a 10 out of 10. Because of the lack of women. Every single role in this film pretty much could have been a woman. Maybe. Maybe, like, Big Chris and the scary other dude who works for Harry. Maybe even Harry himself. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some of these roles that you sort of need that imposing older person thing doing it. Yeah. Sting could have been his Mm mum, for instance. Um, And and the guy narrating, who also worked at the bar, could have been his mum.
1: Yeah. Any of the
0: guys could have been women. Any of the drug dealers could have been... All of this sort of thing. But at the same time, I'm not sure it... Oh, I really have to watch what I say here. I don't feel it detracted from it. This is a story about men ripping off each other and being stupid.
1: Like, I I don't fault it for that, honestly. Mm. Largely, I think, because it's, what is this, 1998? Mm -hmm. Is that right? 1998? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they weren't doing a lot of female crime movies in 1998. You had a few, like you had Light It Up, or, or Set It Up, Set It Up. Jada Pinkett Smith and Queen Latifah did a bank robbery movie somewhere in the 90s. That's literally the only one I can think of right now. Yeah.
0: And I don't think it needs to be that it should be all women, but perhaps there should have been some women in there. And perhaps it would have been easy to do. And and, and possibly it stands out because Snatch, I don't think, has women in it. Mm. When I think of other Guy Ritchie films, he does films about men doing stuff with men. Like, Man from U.N.C.L.E. has a woman in it. I don't think he's treated very well. Aladdin, he improved what happened to Jasmine, but there's not much you could have done with that. So, you know, he's...
1: <sighs> mm. Wait, Guy Ritchie did Aladdin? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Huh.
0: Don't watch it. Just go and watch the original again. They took out Jafar making puns. And that's the best bit of the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Don't toy with me!
0: Abou, Things are unraveling fast now, boy! Get the point?
1: I'm just getting warmed up!
0: Amazing.
1: Yeah, I recently I, saw the stage pounds. adaptation. I haven't seen the original mm. since I was a child. Like, a small oh, child. Oh, it's worth it. But I did see the stage version last year, and it was really good. Yeah.
0: So I think I think that's the thing that stands out. Like, if this was just a one-off, mm-hmm. you'd be, you know, fine. Yes, you can make a film about men being stupid and trying to rip off other men. And, and you can make it all women, and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. But... Because this is the way Guy Ritchie does stuff. I mm. kind of feel like I wanted to be like, hey, Guy Ritchie, any part in this could have been a woman and you wouldn't have to change a damn thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So. All
1: right. So you hmm. gave it a nine? I gave it a ten. You did still give it a ten. Okay. Because it is
0: so good. It's <laughs> so
1: good. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I kind of wish I was British right now because then maybe. I would think it was good, too. Like, I would understand it <laughs> instead of just being confounded by it.
0: And I'm, there's part of me that, yes, I wish you had actually liked it um, and enjoyed your time with it. But I am also glad because I was, as we were going through British months, going, Mandy's seen these sorts of films or this isn't particularly British. or." But mm-hmm. we found one that is actually a British British Britishness that also isn't dark and creepy and has disturbing bits like train spotting, So...
1: It wasn't as bad as Monty Python.
0: No, that's I'll true. I'll give it
1: that. <laughs> I mean, that's a really low bar, but I'll give it that. Yeah,
0: And That's quite British.
1: Like, I actively wanted to stop watching Monty Python, <laughs> and I didn't with this. Because I kept hoping that there would be something that made it less ridiculous and, like, tied it all together, and it just kept, like, going further down the rabbit hole.
0: Oh. It's just so... Funny that like it's funny in and of itself, and then the confusion on top of confusion on mm-hmm. top of, like so the drug dealers are going to go and visit them, but now it's the guys that they ripped off waiting in their thing, and they're just gonna end up shooting each other like it's yeah. it's so crazy.
1: I will say I didn't realize until um Nick the Greek brought mm-hmm. the sample to Rory Brinker <laughs> yep. that it was that he was the one financing that it was his weed that Winston was growing like mm. I didn't realize that there was a tie there until that point
0: yeah and and I don't think you're meant to okay I think that's the point like because I had this whole thing of why are we following these drug dealers oh, okay so it's because we're going to um, because we're going to be ripping them off fine and then it's like, why do we keep getting this stuff with Rory? What's he going to do in this? Why is he in this film? And then suddenly, you're absolutely right. It's like, oh, this is my stuff they're trying to sell back to me. How very dare they? <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> in their defense, they didn't know.
0: No, exactly. That's what makes it so good. They went to the one guy they know. Deals and trades in marijuana. Mm-hmm. It's just having stolen all the marijuana in the area. <laughs> perhaps they should have thought and put it together somewhere. <laughs>
1: Oh, thinking was not these guys' strong suit.
0: No, exactly. The whole thing, you know, and and in there there are moments of gloriousness of them, like, coming up with an idea or figuring out how to do something. And then when you get into the execution, it just falls apart. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. So I don't actually have any favorite moments, lines, scenes, performances from this movie. I just don't. I, I, I can't. But you do. So, oh, many. Can you tell us? I, I think you said somewhere that that you find yourself speaking like they do in this movie sometimes. So,
0: yeah, it's it's hard not to get into that. Like, oh, I'm in what's it gonna get down the wall? You know, and just to slip into that because that is that is a little bit when I do my sort of everyman impression. Okay. You know, oh, darling, what's up with you? Let's go down the pub and have a lovely <laughs> night out. Oh, yeah. Alright. Because, you know, it's very different from my accent, so right. <laughs> um there are a lot of expressions that come from this film that I I had kind of forgotten some of them, but as it got to that m- moment in the movie, I just found myself saying them in sync with the movie. And like Catherine next to me being like Stop doing that <laughs> You know, and they're talking and I'm just like, Oh, it's cheap, like the budgie. I said, knock him out. Don't touch him up. <laughs> these are great lines. These are really good. Like These are the sort of quotable pop, um, pop culture lines. Okay. That you can just throw out, particularly with your friends who have all seen this. And this was, again, one of the things everyone saw this. Right. We said this with Four Weddings and the Funeral. It's one of those films that just everyone saw. Okay. Because it was so, like, getting into the, the vernacular, getting into the culture mm-hmm. and so on. But just as it goes through and it's like, can everyone stop getting shot? Which, as you can imagine, for a bunch of guys who play video games, is a very useful line.
1: All right, fair enough.
0: That point where suddenly you're all dead and you just want to be like, can everyone stop getting shot?
1: All right, that's I, I can see that one, yeah. Mm. I might steal that one now.
0: I mean, I think Nick the Greek might be the best for some of these... Because I think he's so deadpan with it almost. Mm-hmm. When he's, particularly he's trying to sell all the shotguns. And the guy's like, I wanted Sean off shotguns. And he goes, oh.
1: People want a bit more range these days.
0: <laughs> with shotguns? What does that even mean? <laughs> you don't want a shotgun for range unless you're like, clay pigeon shooting. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, he says, I wanted them so I could look mean. Nick the Greek says, Oh yeah, you'll look really mean. You'll look really scary. Of course you'll look mean. You'll look really scary. <laughs> and he had, just has this look on his face because he knows the guy's looking away. He's like, I can't keep a straight face here. Right, you look right. really scary. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Just gimme me money.
1: <sighs> Alright. No.
0: No. No. Not even any of that. So it's it's obviously it's not a good funny bit. But the turn of Vinnie Jones when his son is in danger. And we, we've had a, a, just a single moment earlier of him telling his son to buckle up. So that's what, you know, kind of sets up that he can crash the car later on. Mm-hmm. Again, a slight Chekhov's thing. Mm, yeah. But because there's been that one line of...
1: Heaven protect anybody
0: who touches that boy. Not that that boy needs protecting. And as soon as the knife is held to little Chris's throat, you're like, oh, this is going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And he just goes... At this guy mm-hmm. with you know the force of a demon it's quite something
1: i mean slamming the car door on his head over and over again was unexpected mm. and i'm really glad they didn't actually show
0: no it. yeah
1: but yeah i think at that point i said big chris has issues
0: yeah and and you know that is the vinnie jones thing Vinnie Jones was just, you know, no one's getting through me. Yeah. Sort of player. Alright. Um and I, I do like that, but again it's it's that thing of the writing that they've set it up that he's gonna be. Yeah. Something's gonna happen when it when the kid gets threatened. But they've also kind of set him up to be comedic with it before mm-hmm.
1: then. Yeah. The
0: bit of slamming the sunbed on the guy is like, oh lovely tan. Oh, God, that's yeah. great town you're working on. You should stay here and work on it a bit more. Ooh. It's funny, it's
1: cute,
0: threatening, beating him up behavior.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm.
1: I will say this. What will you say? The writing was cleverly done, and okay. it did take someone with a lot of skill to be able to tie all of those plot threads together. Mm-hmm. I will give it that. I think that's as <laughs> generous as I can be. That's <laughs>
0: your most generous moment. Yes. One of the things I was worried about with it, because the thing that stayed in my memory was when they're trying to figure out how to make the money and they come up with the idea of selling the dildo in the gay magazine (laughs) and refunding, which is really funny, but there is just a slight side to it of, is it mocking gay people? And I don't think it is. I think it's sort of mocking the idea of being in the closet or the sort of homophobia of people.
1: But I mean, wasn't I'd, sure. So for 1998, I thought I actually thought it was actually a pretty clever, great idea because he's right. <laughs> People probably yeah. wouldn't cash those checks, and you wouldn't have to worry about it.
0: And they were, and that's the sort of thing that dates it. They yes. use checks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but they had mobile phones, so it's post X Files mobile phones, but pre-internet. Yes. Hmm.
1: Hmm. It. This movie is very clearly right up your alley. Like I get it. It's but so funny. I just it's just And you're gonna make me watch the next one.
0: I think and it's it's not like it's not a sequel, it's just some of the same actors and similar same sorts style, of situations, yeah. similar sort of film. Yeah. Um All right. But I, I I suspect you know how we always talk about shaving off the uh, I think we said this was Shaun of the Dead, shaving off the hard edges so actually the Britishness isn't a blocker to people enjoying mm-hmm. it it's cute and whimsical. Whereas okay. in this, it's... Who are these people? What are they saying? What are these words? I mean, the fact that when Danny John Jules gets to have that whole thing and they do come up with subtitles for the deep Cockney Rhyming slang they're doing, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Because at that point, even us without subtitles on, we're getting subtitles for the story.
1: Okay, I'm not sure... Yeah. I don't think they differentiated, so I don't know when that would have... Because I had subtitles for yeah. the whole thing, so I don't think yeah, I yeah. would have noticed.
0: Well, it's possible then. So, so the, the, the whole thing has this bit of a fat geezer's north opens. He wanders off and turns the lizer over. Now F off and watch it somewhere, somewhere else. Rory knows Claret is imminent, but he doesn't want to miss the end of the game. So karma's coma, picks up a fire extinguisher, walks straight past the jam rolls so and ready for action. He plucks it outside the entrance. He then orders an Aristotle of the most ping-pong tiddly in the nuclear cellar. And switches back to his footer. So that's the words he's actually saying. When we were watching it, we got subtitles for what the Cockney rhyming slang it means in English.
1: Oh, we got that's...
0: translational subtitles.
1: Maybe I did too, because I'm sitting here thinking those words don't sound familiar. <laughs> and I, so I'm trying to figure out: was my brain processing it based on what I was seeing on the screen, or was I getting the mm. subtitles like you're talking about? And I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He flicks a flaming match into his bird's nest and the geezers lit up like a leaking gas pipe.
1: (laughs) That I remember. Brilliant.
0: Brilliant. It's so good.
1: I use the word geezer a lot and I don't know actually what that means in British slang. Bloke. Bloke, okay.
0: Man, guy, dude. Okay.
1: Geezer here is like an old man.
0: Oh. Let's see if we can get a definition. Just compare. Um, Informal British, a man... He strikes me as a decent geezer.
1: Decent geezer. All right.
0: Hello, me old geezer. Going down the rubber dub dub. Going to have a Ruby Murray. All right, what's it?
1: (laughs) In the US, the term typically refers to a cranky old man and can carry the connotation of either age or eccentricity. See, fuddy-duddy.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, so that's why I like they use that word a lot and I so I knew it didn't mean that, mm. right? But I couldn't tell if it just was a man or if it was like a specific
0: Yeah. Thing. I, I, I think it would be used in the same way you might use guy.
1: Guy. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Mm. Okay. Cool. Ooh. Right. Well, thanks. Thanks for watching it.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't like it, and honestly, I think the only reason I didn't like it is because I didn't pick up on all of the things that excited you. Yeah, like (laughs) you're excited because of the Cockney rhyming slang and all of the things that have popped up in your vernacular and the Mm. pop culture Easter eggs from where you live, and Mm. none of that means anything to me, and so it just didn't. It didn't impact me the same way.
0: I I think it will be really interesting to watch the next one. Okay, because now you have a sort of you know ear in for w- what the thing is, right? But one that is made to be a little bit more accessible, maybe. Okay, might be the thing. Be I, I'm I'm on the fence of whether I'm glad that you've watched this or not. I think Aww. I am. Partially, partially because I'm glad to have watched it. Well, no. So, so the discussion we had was should we watch this or Snatch? And I said, I'm going to watch Lockstock and I'm going to tell you whether you should watch it. And it finally arrived on Saturday morning because this film's not available anywhere. It's ridiculous. More so, more ridiculous than the film is that this British of British films is not available on TV, Sky, Netflix, Amazon, Britbox, oh, any of the channels. It's
1: everywhere here. Voodoo, it's just, Google it's Play, iTunes, I had Amazon. to buy
0: the DVD on eBay because <laughs> we're in the middle of a global pandemic and there's no shops.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, so timing is really what dictated it because you didn't have time to watch both to, and tell me which one to watch, right? It was... Well, it showed uh, up on Saturday, well, no, so... Let's... I, I
0: watched it and I'm like, yeah, this is a good film. We should okay. we should talk about this. Because okay. it is quite so good, even if it doesn't have an oxal comma in the title, but that's fine. Um, But thinking back on Snatch, and like I say, I, I have always considered it the better, more enjoyable film. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe. But yeah, let's return to it. The title. So the title is um a, a twist on a, a famous phrase. Do you know the famous phrase?
1: Lock, stock and barrel. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. I don't think I've heard the phrase since this film came out. <laughs>
1: My grandparents like to watch Westerns. Okay. Like, every time I go to my granny's house, the Western channel is on. Oh, nice. And it's a phrase frequently used in Westerns. Okay. So okay. I'm familiar.
0: It's maybe older content. Because there was a thing recently on Letterboxd of a list of films where the title of the film became a famous phrase. Okay. Things like pay it forward, mm-hmm. The Matrix, Benjamin Button. Right you know you can use that as a phrase for for whatever the thing is lock stock and two smoking barrels is an expression on lock stock and barrel but certainly in the uk i don't think anyone says lock stock and barrel because as soon as you say it you think of the film mm, not yeah. what the phrase is as a connotation
1: all right
0: which i find it really weird like i had to sit and think like is
1: lock stock and barrel the phrase because that sounds wrong that doesn't sound right to That's me because that it's lock stock and two smoking and barrel sounds right to you
0: Exactly. Well and, and we don't even call it that. It is just lockstock.
1: Oh really? Almost
0: almost like one word, Neil. The film is called Lockstock. Okay. Brilliant.
1: Interesting. Apparently it was predominantly Lockstock and Barrel was predominantly in the UK. We don't know what we're doing next week, so it's gonna surprise everybody as much as it's gonna mm. surprise us.
0: Do you wanna pick one off of this? We should do snatch. We should no. do snatch.
1: No. <laughs> I was actually thinking we should switch it up and do one you haven't seen and go ahead and do the craft. Okay. I think we should do that. The,
0: the craft? Mm-hmm. I like I like a good knitting film, so let's do it.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: <laughs> Yay, knitting and crochet, maybe a bit of baking or woodworking, Awesome.
1: Crafting, absolutely. Yes. Make it happen.
0: <laughs> what a funny joke.
1: <laughs> Make it <out>. happen. <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. What? Make it happen. I didn't do that on purpose. It just naturally yes. came out.
0: Uh, uh, naturally, naturally, naturally. Mm-hmm. Okay. The craft.
1: Oh, it sounds yeah, well, so wrong when you say it that way. Right. It sounds right when I say it that way. It does not sound right when you say it that way.
0: The craft. You're having a bubble. (laughs) See, even Cockney rhyming slang sounds wrong if I use it in my Mm -hmm. accent. Yeah. Let's go down the Rubber Dub Dub and have a Ruby Murray. Does not sound right Mm. compared to... Oh I geezer, let's go down the Rubber Dub Dub. All right, (laughs) yeah. Just, it works better. I don't know why. What would we like to hear from people this week? I would like to hear from people, like... Well, I want to hear about the film. If if this film stands out to you. Because I know we have British listeners... Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping people will go, yeah, we can kind of see Mandy's point of view, but at the same time, this was a a moment, as a thing. I want to hear from everyone, yeah, whether British, American, Canadian, all the other nations of the world. I'm
1: curious about other Americans who loved this film. Like, I want to know what the difference was, like what they saw in it that I didn't, or what they mm. understood that I inherently haven't understood, that that made them love it. Uh, <laughs>
0: Could it even be, like, at this time, because there was this cool Britannia, Spice Girls, Oasis, mm-hmm. David Beckham, mm-hmm. you know, all this, big films from the UK were also, yeah, we're getting into British cinema and watching these things. Because, again, you think of Four Weddings through to this and some other films, there was a change happening in British mm-hmm. cinema, because things like Remains of the Day were going out. Right, right. And we talked about the Merchant Ivory films actually not doing so well after a while. Mm-hmm. And suddenly films like this were coming in, films that were... Fast and funny, and you get into the full Montes and Calendar Girls and Billy Elliot's of the world, mm-hmm. you
1: know. Mm. Okay.
0: Um, I want to hear from people about Cockney rhyming slang. What's your favourite Cockney rhyming slang? What's your best experience? What's your story? You can. Mandy's about to tell you all the places to tweet at us and do stuff. If you support us on Patreon, you get access to our Discord server. Come onto the Discord server and chat with us and tell us about your experience of Cockney rhyming slang. We, I was finding out stuff this week about wedding showers bridal showers yes you were which i just assumed were bachelorette hen party type things but it turns out they're a whole different gift giving (laughs) opportunity for for north american commercialism um (laughs) but i was learning a thing it was an educational discord server so (laughs) if you support us on patreon make sure you install the discord app or go to the discord website and get access to our server and come and chat to us about the films and goings on of our lives it's a great place to hang out
1: you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at eloquentgushing, or you can send an email to podcast at eloquentgushing.com, but I would really like you guys to send your favorite Cockney rhyming slang as a voice message to yes. steampypes.com slash eloquentgushing. Give it a shot, you Absolutely. guys. I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I am Mandy Kay, and you can find me on Twitter at Mandy Kay, not talking about Cockney rhyming slang.
0: <laughs> oh I geezer on Matthew Vose and me on Twitter at Matthew Vose. What <laughs> <laughs> oh Um I mentioned Patreon just there. We are completely funded on Patreon by our amazing listeners. You get access to the Discord server, you get access to exclusive content, bonus shows, early access to shows, physical merch. We do all these exciting things for our amazing patrons because they do amazing things. They support the shows. They help us develop new shows. They help us do all the great things that we get to do in podcasting. We love them very much. Thank you very much. If you would like to find out more and become a wonderful, wonderful patron, visit patreon.com slash eloquent gushing.
1: And we will be back next week with another episode where we are apparently going to talk about the craft, which I adore and Matthew has never seen. So until then, I am still Mandy Kay.
0: And let's sort the buyers from the spires, the needy from the greedy, and those who trust me from the ones who don't. Because if you can't see value here today, you're not up here shopping, you're up here shoplifting. You see these goods? Never seen daylight, moonlight, Israelite, any by the gaslight. Take a bag? Come on, take a bag. I took a bag home last night. Cost me a lot more than £10, I can tell you. Anyone like jewellery? Look at that one there. Handmade in Italy, hand-stolen in Stepney. It's as long as my arm. I wish it was as long as something else. Don't think because these boxes are sealed up they're empty. The only man who sells empty boxes is the Undertaker. And by the look of some of you lot here today, I'd make more money with my measuring tape. Here, one price, £10.
1: I really wish you had done that with the Cockney accent.
0: And let's sort the buyers from the spires, the needy from the greedy, and those who trust me from the ones who don't. Because if you can't see value here today, you're not out here shopping. You're happy here shoplifting. You see these goods, never seen daylight. Moonlight, Israelite, Fanny by the Gaslight. Take a bag. Come on, take a bag. I took a bag home last night. Cost me a lot more than ten pounds. I can tell you. Anyone like jewellery? Look at that one here. Handmade in Italy. Hand stolen in Stepney. It's long as my arm. I wish it was long as something else. Don't think because these boxes are sealed up, they're empty. The only man who sells empty boxes, is the undertaker. And by the look of some of you lot here today, I'd make more money with my measuring tape. It. One price. Ten pounds. <laughs> Better. <laughs> did you did you prefer that, Mandy here?
1: I'm gonna leave them both ends. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at eloquentgushing.